This is the Average Guy Network, and you have found Hongachi Geek Show number 332, recorded on, on, on October 26th, 2017. Here in Home Gadget Geeks, we cover all the favorite tech gadgets that find their news reviews, product updates, and conversation all through the Average Tech Guy. I'm your host, Jim Collison, broadcasting live from the AverageGuy.tv studios here in a, ooh, kind of a chilly Bellevue, Nebraska. They're talking maybe snow flurries in the morning. I don't actually don't think it's, I'm looking at the weather here on my surface, too, and I don't think it's going to happen. But they're saying flurries. Fall is here. At least it's here in Nebraska. Not so much where you're at, Addie, right? <laughs> you're, there's never snow in the forecast, right? Put it this way: Just the other day, it was 103 degrees, and it's not hasn't dropped anywhere lower. Probably 99, 97, nice. and it, it's killing us straight out of the bat. First thing in the morning, it's already 85 degrees in the morning. So, it's we, February. I want your weather. It's February 20. <laughs> I mean, it's October 26. Like, yeah. You expect you know you expect this in July. My son is down in um, at Camp Pendleton. He's not far from you. And he had, he put on his phone, he took the 103, you know, the temperature, took a picture of it and said, you know, go away, California, you are drunk. <laughs> and just weird to think of middle of October that hot down in SoCal. But uh, then lots of fires going on. Boy, I, I sure feel bad for the families down there that it, it really, some really nice homes, just fires going right through and just burning them down. So it's, it's got to be pretty tough. Anything close to you? No, no, thankfully, I, not not too close. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Safe. No, a good friend of mine in Anaheim as well, uh, her, not uh, not affected, but the fires go through. So it's always terrible. You know, you I asked her, like, what'd you take? <laughs> like, you know, they had to evacuate. And it really kind of makes you think as I'm looking at all these computers on my desk, like I have, I have an, Ill, I have an illness. It's called mm-hmm. computers. Right. <laughs> and so I got a Surface Pro and two big monitors and a Surface RT and another computer over here and a monitor up there and a server sitting there and a Drobo over there. And you kind of think if you got five minutes, what are you taking? Yeah. And, uh, and um, I saw some pictures from a friend of mine who didn't get time. They were out and came through and they didn't get to take anything out. And those kinds of fires, you know, you see fires like in a neighborhood, just like a house catches fire from a bad electrical outlet. Yeah. And it, it 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 doesn't typically wipe out the whole house. These fires burn them because they can't get to them. Right. They just burn right to the ground. I mean, right. everything is gone. Just everything is wiped out. So if you're listening and you've been in that area, you're affected by that, friends affected by that, that is tough. Of course, we talked with Mike Murphy Addie, uh, we're going to make this announcement here in a little bit, and, and Mike helped us with this. But you talked with Mike Murphy. Uh, Hurricane Irma, right, went through where he was at, and he was telling me. Uh, we talked with Rich Hay on the program. Rich is down there uh, in Florida as well. Mike is in Naples, which was affected by it, although it didn't get hit quite as hard, I think, as they thought the storm surge didn't come in. I asked him what he took. What kind of gear did he take? You know, because... If you had to go, would you think about your podcasting gear, like your tech gear? Addy, is that something that you would take if you had to go and you had a few minutes? Absolutely, because it's it's my how I make my living. It's my job. It's my career. So I have um, – it's also to pick and choose what type of gear that you should take. The mixer I can do without it. This fu- this microphone, I would take it off of this thing, get the cord because it's so diverse that I'm okay with leaving the mixer behind. And then I have my portable uh, recorder here. 
So definitely it's, it's without question. I have to take my podcasting gear because it's my career. Yeah. Yeah, no, for sure. Mike also said he wouldn't take his mixer. What's, what's wrong with mixers? <laughs> I, take my, I have a Mac EFX Pro 12 here. I take that for sure. It's a good durable yeah. uh, mixer. It's just funny he mentioned that um, as well. But it gets, Addy, it really gets you kind of thinking. Yeah, it does. That, you know, you're like, well, you know, what do you take? So um, anyways, good to have you on. Glad that you're safe. Sorry it's so hot. Maybe we'll send a little cold weather your way. I'll remind everyone, we also post a show with world-class show notes. There'll be some good show notes uh, for this tonight out at theaverageguy.tv. Don't forget, you can listen on our on our mobile app um, as well, homegadgetgeeks.com. We'll get you there. Big buttons that get you Android or iPhone. Best way to listen to it, of course, LastPass sponsors that. They're coming on in a couple weeks, so you'll want to you'll be hanging around for that, homegadgetgeeks.com. And then don't forget, the best way to support us right now, Patreon is the way to do that. Head over to theaverageguy.tv. Click on the Patreon link. It's over on the right-hand side. One in $5 plans. No pressure. But uh, many of you have done that. By the way, Philip, uh, Philip, you know who you are, sent a nice uh, nice donation, nice gift through PayPal. And you can do that as well if you want. In some parts of the world, Patreon's pretty expensive to use. They take a big chunk. And Philip thought it would be better to send it through PayPal. So if you want to do that, if you want to support the show, Philip, thank you for his, your contribution to Home Gadget Geeks. We'll try to put that in use here in the network to make it work, but we appreciate you guys when you sponsor us here. Patreon's an easy way to do it, but if you have other ways to do it, um, thank you for doing that um, as well. Addie, I didn't properly introduce you. Addie Salcedo's joining us today. Addie's been on the show. This is her third time. If you go back uh, to October, no, it's not through. I'm just making updates. If you No, it is October. I was right. October 12th of 2014, we had you on at 187. And then if you go back to October again, October 17th of 2015, we missed last year for whatever reason, and you're back here October 26th. Wow, that's kind of weird. We got you it's three Taking October. the month back. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> taking it back. How are you? How are things? Catch up a little bit. What, what's keeping you busy? I know you're doing some podcast stuff, but what's keeping you busy? Um, well, my business is the podcast planner. It's all about podcasting, but with a plan in place and having these templates to help the podcaster keep going. So that alone has kept me really busy because I'm consulting, but also creating the book making content, the podcast for the podcast planner, and then the email uh, list. There's an email list behind it. And, you know, there's there's so many hats that we wear as a podcaster. And then when you throw in the business side of it, it just gets bigger of all the responsibilities that we have. So that has been my top um, priority and just time taker. <laughs> you, um, you got a chance for some vacation, though, right? You got overseas yes. here recently. Can you share a little bit? Where'd you go? What'd you do? So every year I take about a good month off and I take a, I travel to some place. And this time it was Ireland and Scotland, a week in, in Ireland and then a week in Scotland. Such beautiful countries and had to had a great time of going completely off the grid. Uh, again, going back to podcasting, there's a lot of technology involved and being in the loop of stuff. So to take that break away from all of that see such beautiful places and i'm a huge game of thrones fan so i got to see game of Thrones castles and all that cool stuff and the music it was really really fun we always ask people after they've traveled like that what's their travel gear what's the tech any what's your favorite tech what do you have to have when you're on the road traveling well this time i went very minimal uh, the year before I went to Spain and I took my digital recorder, I took you know, I took a lot of things. This time I said, no, I, I really should just focus on the vacation itself. Not so much about, you know, maybe I can make content out of this. <laughs> uh, so I just took my phone and my DSLR camera and that was it. 
And it was need anything else. I wasn't checking email. I would just use um, WhatsApp to text my mom and that was it. It was really, what? really refreshing. Yeah. What? <laughs> you're, you're, it. Okay. you're telling me you went on vacation, you didn't work? You actually did <laughs> vacation? Is that what you're telling me? Yes, it was hard. I, I will say that it was really hard. And you had that itch, I think for a good couple of days, you just had the itch to, can I, is there somewhere I can check my email? No, I caught myself so many times and just said, back away from it. That's all, that's why you only brought these things. It's kind of freeing after a couple mm -hmm. days. Like, I think everybody thinks like, oh yeah, it's not a big deal. I'm not, I'm not addicted to my phone or I'm not addicted to email. And you really kind of start going through some withdrawal when withdrawal. Yeah, withdrawal. When you when you get there and you're like, mm, I wonder what's going on, you know, oh, I'm not checking. And when you break that habit, especially of phone screen time, you know, of that, I'm standing in line, check my phone. Walking to the car, checking my phone. I'm driving, I pull over, check my phone. Uh, you know, we have these nasty, terrible habits of, of doing this. Now, you know, it's, it's very appropriate and there's times it is, but you kind of make a break from yeah. that and after a couple days, I think the blood pressure goes down a little bit and you're happier and you feel good. Now I'm always happy, but but that uh, is a nice break, isn't it? Did you did you find that a couple days in you were like and then yes. you kind of dread going back to it? Yeah, actually I did. Um it I that's why I put a buffer in between, you know, two weeks out and then two weeks to kind of get back in the groove of things. Uh, but I returned with a really bad cold. So I think Getting sick also helps not me get jumping in so quickly into emails and technology. And it was kind of weird to get back into the States and then turn on my uh, my service on. And then that's when the phone just really works the way it works. I'm like, oh, that's right. <laughs> yeah. It just sits on your, excuse me, sits on your desk for yeah. like an hour. <laughs> and not only that, you can actually look things up. When you're on vacation, you don't have... I didn't buy the the extended package where you can still roam, look through Google on your phone. I said, no, I'm just going to be off the grid. I don't need to buy that stuff. So when I had that access again, it was like, if I had a question, I I found myself thinking like, well, now I can look it up on my phone. Whereas on vacation, that's something I need to look up when I get home. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I'll need to, you know, or I'll need to talk to somebody. Like mm -hmm. I'll need to go ask when I was in Germany, I didn't, I didn't take, I didn't buy the plan at all. So I literally had nothing and it was paper maps and like asking people mm, in Shuligan, you know, you would yeah. find somebody and, and ask for directions. It's, yeah. it's a little bit different. So I encourage everybody break, take a break when you can. Now I'm a, I'm a total hypocrite because I never do, but take a break when you can and try to get away from it. Cause it's just, um, it's amazing after a couple of days, uh, how your brain kind of starts kind of coming back to a nor a, a more normal state if that even exists. So yeah. well good that you went minimalist on that and uh and it was good good to have you back. Good to see you. We I got to see you in person at Podcast Movement. Your website, thepodcastplanner.com if people want to check that out. It's really for podcasters and for planning. Although we're going to talk about some tools around planning uh tonight that I think Go beyond whether you're a podcaster or not. I think these are some of these technology tools that you use uh, for it. Addie, have you learned uh, in your podcast by doing your podcast? Have you learned some new things about you and about the way you plan? I was 
just listening to your most recent episode and you were talking about the content spinner. Is that, did they mm-hmm. get the, yeah. right? And it was kind of interesting. Like you, you said, you know, you can use it if you get stuck. You have 10 things, I think is, is what's in there that you can spin that. And then it'll be like, oh, okay, I'm going to pick this one. How did you, by, oh, by the way, you, I think was, I think you mentioned us on, because you had talked about you had a hard drive crash. Was that? Yeah. Was that, <laughs> that was, did I not mention the, I thought I mentioned the name. say the name. No, and I'm, I'm kind of oh, glad no. you didn't. No, no, I'm kind of glad you didn't actually. <laughs> but I heard you saying that. I'm thinking, I thought, I think that was on our show that you came <laughs> on. You had a hard drive crash and we spent yeah. a whole bunch of time, right? Right. Trying to figure out how to back it up. So it was it was cool that we made the show. But have you learned things about yourself when you think about your planning and the technology? Have you learned things about yourself? And what do you think that that one aha moment for you where you're like, oh, man, I learned this about myself and planning through my podcast? Structure. I think that was the most important part of podcasting because, you know, I started pod- podcasting back in 2012 and I just started jumping into it because I had the love for audio content, you know, conversation content. And then I started trying to look up things, you know, what's the best way to do it? So I got into the technology aspect of it. Once I had this microphone, I didn't know what to say, how to say it. You know, you instantly go into this form of, well, I liked a little bit of this and that of this show. Maybe I can copy them and mix it, put my own spin. And then over time, I just kept failing at it. You know, I would put this show out, boom, it went down, put this show out. No matter how much I I liked and put so much effort to launch the podcast, I just couldn't keep the show going. So after uh, I took a step back, started producing for other podcasters, editing them, talking to them. And after doing, I would say over 40, 50 podcasts, I found that there was always these little faults and these little pits and we had commonalities. So I would start putting things together. And it's funny because even back when I was in school, I took a music class and I've always, I always asked the professor, what's, why do I want to learn these rules if I want to break them? I don't want to sound like everybody else. And he said, no, you need to know the rules so that you can break them the way you want to, but in a right way. And you know what you're doing. Cause if you just don't follow the rules, you're going to sound like a fool out there. So over time, that kind of I guess that was the future telling of podcasting for me because I put these structures in place thinking that it would probably pigeonhole me to sound a certain way or be a certain way, but it actually allowed me to have so much flexibility and it gave me the excitement back because sometimes, you know, you get excited about the podcast and then after a while, you're like, I don't want to, I don't want to have to do this little task over here and I don't want to have to do this. And it just starts to pile one thing after another and uh, having you know, these little plans in place, a checklist in place and little to-do list going, that just helps so much for, for me to be in my zone quickly. And I know what to do instantly when I see this word or I see that, okay, this is how the podcast goes. So it just let me flow easy. And since I've been doing any podcast with a structure behind it, I, it hasn't failed. And that I think is is the success behind it is not uh, launching another podcast and letting it pod fade within seven episodes. Uh, it's that planning piece is, is pretty key uh, structure wise. I was just on uh, Harry Duran's podcast junkies. So for those that listen, if you want to hear more of my backstory, 146 uh, episode 146, head out to podcastjunkies.com. Harry, thanks for having me on. I was always appreciate that. Tons of fun. One of the things, and I'll have the link in the show notes to it as well. One of the things I said in that in that uh, interview 
is that I think when you have structure and when you have roots, it allows you to be and to have maximum flexibility. Uh, flexibility. There in your area, in your neck of the woods in Southern California, they have these really tall palm trees, mm -hmm. right? And they're really tall. And they can, in, in storms, they can whip around. And I mean, they can even, the tall ones can even go, go all the way down to the ground and then come back. And they do that, well, because their trunk's flexible, but they also have really good roots. Yeah. And, and I find that, um, you know, I find that principle to be the same in some of a lot of the things that we do uh, in our own life, in our own work. That in, in here on Home Gadget Geeks, you know, it's a pretty structured, I have, I have notes and it's a pretty structured show. Now, we break the rules, like you said, all the time. I might think I'm going to start with this and then we're going to end with this. And that might be totally different when you get in the program. But that structure allows me to kind of move around freely. It also makes me more calm uh, in, in that sense when I'm, when I'm doing the podcast. Um, and so, you know, whether it's podcasting or the work you're doing or the, the software administration or the writing the code, there's an enormous, um, you know, there's an enormous value in getting the planning right uh, in, in whatever that you're doing. I think, Addy, one of the things you talked about are just some checklists. And we're going to, here in a few minutes, we're going to roll through some tools some that, that can help you do those kinds of things. But how important have those checklists been for you and in making sure you're getting all, because I sometimes I'm a forgetter. I forget. Yeah. I, I forget my own name sometimes. Um, how important are those checklists to you? It's, for me, it's very important because I want to make sure that I don't forget anything, whether it's um, for, for me to make sure that the audio sounds good or that I mention something or I mention someone, uh, that I have all this in place and that I I like to feel like I the the content and the information that I provide is complete and not having little potholes here and there just because I forgot to write it down or I didn't have my checklist. So for me, it's important to have these checklists to ensure that everybody gets the completeness of the show. Yeah, yeah, good. Well, if folks want to, if you want to take a look at what Addie's doing, if you're interested in any of this, thepodcastplanner.com. She's got a great podcast. The podcasts are little. They're seven, eight, nine minutes. They're not very long. Yeah. And so a great opportunity um, uh, to, to listen to those. Uh, Lopta had asked in the chat room, did you, so did you recover any of the lost data and are you backing things up better now than before? <laughs> yeah, I lost it all, which is pretty sad. I think, uh, I think I, then at the time I had only recovered literally 13 files and that was it. I couldn't recover anything. Show. So I, ever since then, like I mentioned on the podcast, I back up to the third degree. I have, you know, backblaze going on. Then I have Dropbox and then I have my two hard drives, you know, back up to the backup. So I'm constantly backing up everything that I'm doing. Um, I would say the only thing is I probably should do it more frequent. I do it at least once a week. And with the type of work that I'm doing, I'm constantly having files come in, files go out. So I should probably back up at least every day or every other day. But uh, backblaze is, that's what that's for. But I, I still want to back up complete everything complete where I know it's in this hard drive and not just in the cloud. Well, backing up more frequently makes those backups smaller, right? I mean, which is good, right? Because that way it, you, you don't have, you, have, you, you risk, you lower your, you know, the chances of you losing something in between. But yeah. I think weekly is okay. I mean, I, okay. I, I think you can, you can be that. I mean, I prefer, I do real-time backups. So I just drop them in a folder, the backup, uh, or I'm still using crash plan. And so the backup uses, that um, you know uses it monitors that file. You're, are, you're not hearing the you're not hearing the the Facebook notifications, are you? No, okay. no. 
Yeah. All of a sudden, never fails. Uh, when as soon as I start a podcast, everybody wants to reach me on Facebook Messenger. I do. I did not know what that. I'm like, hey, it's Thursday nights. It's eight o'clock. Um, I'm usually doing a show, but anyways, it's okay. Um, so yeah, I mean, I prefer. I like to just drop them in a folder and let them let them back up in real time uh, from right. that standpoint. But if you're getting every week, uh, you you should be okay. You're using. You're also using probably Dropbox and Google Drive, right, for your business. Is that how you move files around there? Are you making sure that those files, I mean, that that they are protected in some way as well? In other words, there's a backup copy of them that's different than a Dropbox or different than Google Drive. How, how, are, you, how are you handling that? I think um, I'm doing the best I can to make sure that nothing is public and nothing is linked anywhere publicly. And uh, the the accounts are as private as possible and locked down. Um, but I think that's that's the most that I do is you know I have two hard drives, physical hard drives, Backblaze, and then Dropbox, and then I have Google Drive only for very minimal uh, actual documents that's regarding to the the business. But other than that, it's everything's pretty much on the computer and on um, in Dropbox and Back Backblaze. Yeah, actually, I think you're okay. You know, okay. you, you got a local copy, then you have two in the cloud, right? You're moving them to Dropbox and you're using Backblaze as your backup. So, yeah, one, two, three is what we, is what we say. And, you know, typically a lot of people keep one on their computer, one locally on another hard drive, and then one in the cloud. That's also three copies that would work. In your case, you're got, you have one local, one in, in the cloud and a Dropbox, not technically backup because it's versioned. Right. And, or it's not versioned in a lot of cases. Uh, yeah. And then you're keeping your back place. So good. Good. You should be, you're, we're, we're, we're proud of you. For, should be proof not to ever have that happen again. Cause it, it hurts when you lose all your files and you lose pictures, videos, and your hard work. And that it, it's kind of like lose, losing it all in a fire and not having that backup plan and not thinking of what are your priorities. Always think about your priorities and what's a, what's a secure way to make sure that's secured. I guess the, yeah. Uh, who knows? Well, uh, glad to hear that you've got uh, you got your backup squared away. Hopefully, you won't be losing files anytime soon. No. And uh, we're gonna we're gonna cover some of those tools to hear the tools. I do want to get to this. I think what I think is a really cool announcement. Uh, we'll, we'll stick this in here. So, for for years, literally for years, people have asked me, Jim, when is there going to be a Home Gadget Geeks T-shirt? Like, when is that going to happen? And I'm like, ah. Because Addy, you know, doing t-shirts, it's not as easy as it sounds, right? You got to get a design. You got to find somebody who'll put them together. You got to get sizes. You'd have to take orders. It's kind of messy. So you and I, Podcast Movement, we're hanging out. And I said, you were talking. I I had gone to a couple of the booths to talk about t-shirts. And you said, hey, I'm doing this cool thing on Amazon. You want to hear about it? I don't want to hear about anything. Let's you know let it lay it on me. And basically what you said is Amazon now has a way to do custom t-shirts that people can order in their size. They'll ship them to them in their size. Does is Prime does Prime work for people here in the United States? So same. Yes, it does. Yeah. Yeah. So it's the Amazon experience. You can go out there. And I said to Addie, I want you to be my t-shirt maker. Could you just help me make t-shirts? And she said, Yes. And so uh, here in the next week or so, uh, we are going to have the first Amazon store for Home Gadget Geeks t-shirts that will be available for you. 
they will be seventeen ninety nine. They'll be shipping on Amazon. What about international? How does that work, Addy? If they're in Australia or the UK or how does well, that Amazon? Work? Amazon just started opening more locations where they're making these t-shirts and they're able to fulfill these orders worldwide. So they actually have more of these printing facilities more than the actual Amazon warehouses. Uh, so that tells you a lot that this business for Amazon is actually really successful and can fulfill international orders for the most, most part. I have yet to hear somebody say that they couldn't purchase it in the UK or Australia those are pretty hot spots. So I, I think that's a good movement. And, but this change happened within at least two months ago that they officially opened all of these facilities. So that's a huge announcement to fulfill worldwide. Yeah. So we're going to, the first t-shirt will just have just the Home Gadget Geeks logo on the front. It will be the first of its kind. It'll be this first in a series uh, that we will try with you guys. Just, just kind of a depends on how many of these shirts that you buy. The good news is we don't have to buy a whole bunch and warehouse them, right? Yeah. We don't have to kind of guess on the orders. There's no, it's super expensive if you order one, it's cheaper if you order 50, same price, no matter how many we order. Addy has been working hard on the design and to make it look great and picking the colors and getting the store all set up. And we're gonna ask you to consider buying the first ever Home Gadget Geeks t-shirt. And uh, so, to get the link will be available later this week. By the time you're listening to this, it may already be available, but we're going to make the link available first to those who have subscribed to the newsletter. So if you haven't, head out to the averageguy.tv slash newsletter. There's a, a link. Do, ignore the stuff below it because that's old newsletters that I haven't updated. But up at the top is a um, sign up and sign up for the newsletter. And then as soon as we have the links ready to get this done, we will uh, send that to our subscribers first. Of course, I'll probably announce it on the show next week, but um, gives you a chance to go out and take a look and see if you want to do that. No pressure on this, no pressure. But if you want to get that first ever Home Gadget Geeks t-shirt that you can proudly wear at the Home Gadget Geeks Home Server Show meetup this fall here in Omaha, Nebraska, you might want to pick up a t-shirt and have it done. So, Eddie, did I miss anything on the t-shirts? Anything else they should know? No, I just want to say thank you to Mike Murphy for also helping with the logo. So that he did. Yeah. Yeah, he did. I talked to him uh, a lot this week, and um, and so he did. Mike, thank you for for making the logo piece. I, apparently, logos are a little bit harder than Jim thinks, and so I sent a logo to Addie. She's like, "Hey, can I get an inverse of this thing?" I'm like, "I I got nothing. No, it was it was a transparent PNG, right?" right? Okay. And I'm like, "I got nothing. <laughs> I, I don't know." Here's the thing. So Mike used his his wizardry. Uh, and made it uh, made it work. And I'll probably have him help me with future versions of this as well. So um, subscribe to the newsletter. Uh, get that signed up. We'll send out links. Uh, probably watch the YouTube, or I'm sorry, probably watch the Facebook group when we make that available. But we will do it first via the newsletter. $17.99. I think uh, pretty reasonable to get a custom-made t-shirt. Yeah. And we appreciate you guys jumping out there. And, uh, and the sizes purchase. go from small to 3X. So you have a wide variety to choose from. Yeah, get one for the baby, get yeah. one for the, the kids. Wife needs a Home Gadget Geeks t-shirt for sure, for sure, unless you're the, the wife is the listener, which I don't know how many ladies. I mean, Addie, you, and Emily, and there's a few others, but it's mostly guys. Let's just be honest. It's mostly, I think, I think. Ladies, if you're if you're stalking us and I don't know about you because I, I know about Emily and that's all about I know, who, who, let me know. It would be good to know. I But I think I'm pretty sure it's 99.9% .9 guys. So, gentlemen, get out there, uh, buy a T-shirt for your wife, and uh, we appreciate you doing that um, as well. 
Okay. And Addy, thank you for your help. Thank you for your help in getting this going. Cause I just, it wasn't happening with me. It's it's exciting to have a t-shirt of, of a show that you listen to. So I was like, yeah, let's, you have to do this. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's, uh, it's really exciting to have your help on this. This is not something I am really good at. And so we're kind of, we're going to kind of gauge it to see how it goes. And if it goes well, we'll think maybe in the beginning of the year, maybe do another shirt and maybe take some designs and some other things, get some stuff figured out. It'd be kind of fun to make those available. We will definitely have, I'm pretty sure we will have a, for the meetup this fall, we will have a meetup t-shirt that will be available to those who help support the meetup. So um, I actually have my first meeting. If you're, if you're wondering uh, with a vendor, uh, we're going to try and get the meetup completely vendor sponsored. And so I have that coming up here next week and uh, we're excited about uh, getting that pulled up. Okay. Let's talk some tech. You have some sites that you've used for your podcast, for the, the, the podcastplanner.com. You have some things that you've used and, and one of them I've used as well. And I think is a pretty good tool. Never had a chance to really talk about it here, but I think this is a good chance that doesn't have to be for just project management. It can be a little life management tool and that's Trello. How are you using Trello for the, for the stuff that you're working on? So for the show specifically, I have one, what they call is a board. So you have designated uh, areas called boards where you can say, this is my podcast board. All things podcast go into that board. So I have this board dedicated to the show. One side has all the hot links. So if somebody says, Addy, what's the link to um, iTunes? And what's the link to, uh, what's your RSS feed link? I quickly have those on hand so I can just copy paste it wherever I'm at. And then on the other side, I have the p production flow and I break it down into um, in production, then I have recording, and then I have live. So then I just have these little cards which indicate the major task within uh, this board. Which, so what's the task to the podcast? Well, it's episode 17. So when I click on that card, it gives me all of the tasks that I have to complete that episode. And it keeps me accountable with the date. It has the different phases. So I have hot links again, just specific to that episode. And then I have the backstage production stuff. So I need to script it if I want to script it. I need to edit. I need to write show notes. I need to create this or that. Then the other phases going live, are all the links properly live? And is everything working? Did everything go as planned? Did I create the the right artwork is it live so that's pretty much how i use it i use pretty i, I navigate and and manage the whole podcast using the podcast planner but having a digital aspect to accompany that is trello so that that really helps with notifications and easily open this little box and it just expands and it says here's what you have to do and then the cool thing is you can color code it. So if it's blue, that means that it's in recording mode. If it's in purple, that means it's in planning mode. If it's in yellow, that means everything's ready. It just needs to go live for the next day. And uh, you can get a little creative by adding emojis in there uh, with the little you know, red dot means it's recording. Um, delivered, you can put a little mailman there. And so it's, it's up to you to use Trello to the max. And uh, I, I just found it so easy to use because a lot of these other managing tools like Asana and OmniFocus, there's just so much to it when I just want to have something very simple and easy to get into and just drag and drop everything around. Yeah. One of the things I've liked about Trello is that you can make your Trello boards public. And so we have been looking at uh, here uh, the different 
cryptocurrencies over the last couple of weeks. One we've been following is Saya. And Saya's public roadmap is available out there on out there in Trello for anybody to see on what their development is, which is really, really cool. And uh, so if you uh, if you just Google Trello and then Saya, S-I-A, I think, or Saya uh, public roadmap, you can get to that. I think that's really cool transparency um, that this company has to just put that out in a Trello, you know, a format. And it's got uh, release features coming up in 2017, then next release, November of 2017, and then a column that says next six months and next 18 months. Because I know, and I should probably do this myself, I know when you have a bunch of listeners, and not so much on this side, nobody really asked me on this side, although I could do, hmm, I could do a Home Gadget Geeks today, I just tell people we have the newsletter, but I could set up my podcast schedule on Trello, right, with the various podcasts that are coming up filled in, right, and people could go out if they wanted to see, they could go out to that Trello, the Trello board, by the way, Trello is T-R-E-L-L-O.com. They could go out and see, right, uh, what's available out there. So I think that's pretty cool. Have you opened up any of your Trello boards to, to for public access, or have you kept it all pretty much private? I'm planning to. I um, I wanted to make sure that I had ironed everything on my end first to make sure that, and if I were to ever, because instantly when I had put it together, I was like, I just need to share this with whoever wants it. But then I thought, no, let me really iron it out so that I can really dictate somebody who has never heard of Trello and who's never uh, used something like this. I, I'll be able to tell them the ins and outs of it. So very closely, probably mid-November, I'll be sharing the actual board that I have. It's just not going to have all my stuff. It's going to be a blank slate so that you can input your own stuff in there. So uh, it'll have everything that I just discussed. I, I opened a card right now. And so the phases are episode links. So then that has the link to the script, if I write one, the pretty link, the Dropbox folder, uh, the website post, and then the actual MP3 link. The next phase is production tasks. So script, record, edit. The second version without the sponsors mentioned, artwork. Artwork is times four because there's one for Squarespace. There are, I'm sorry, there's one for Instagram, YouTube, the email, and then ID3 tags. And then there's the audiogram uh, task. So I create audiograms. And then there is the, uh, there's a task there that says, make sure all these assets, because I, I call them assets, but elements to the podcast are backed up. So that's an actual task on there. Uh, is everything timestamped? So I like to think about the user experience in a podcast. So I actually timestamp everything so that if you're in the over app, I don't know why Apple doesn't do this yet, but when you're in the Overcast app, you can slide over the album artwork and you can actually pinpoint what section you want to listen to. Uh, so I do that. Those are called timestamps, the ID3 tagging. And then I make sure that I upload all the content to Spreaker, who is my hosting company, and that it's scheduled on time. The show notes are written out. They're uploaded to the website and the little um, excerpt is in Spreaker. Uh, and then the social media is all written out. It's scheduled. And then there's the day of tasks. So the day that the podcast episode goes live, there are little tasks that I need to make sure that are done to make sure, again, that when the listener is interested in certain things, that all of that information is available to them, uh, that the, the links are working properly. So I do a quality check the day of that it goes live. So all of this is in the episode card for the podcast. And all of this will be available mid-November for anybody who's interested in it. 
Emily said she tried so many, uh, so many, and ended up going along with a bullet journal because uh, analog ended up being uh, what worked best for her. Um, so there are different ways to do this, but Trello has certainly worked for you. I, I do, um, I do. I, man, this, I have to start thinking about this. Like, I've dabbled inside of Trello before and, and kind of messed around with it, but it would be an awesome way to have a public board for people to come and see kind of what Saya is doing here, which is, hey, here's what's coming up. Uh, and there might even be some interesting, uh, I don't know if you can leave it for open for public comment. I don't know. I have to kind of think about that, but it might be interesting for people to leave a little bit of feedback or their questions there yeah. kind of deal that says, Hey, you want to ask these questions while you're there, you know, whatever, um, from that standpoint. But yeah, that'd be kind of cool. I'll have to, man, I'll have to think about that. Um, that can be applied anywhere in, in our yeah. lives, right? I mean, it doesn't have to be a podcast that you're creating. And in, in, your, in your case, you're trying to help podcasters, but anybody could come to a Trello board and have it set up both publicly or privately for themselves. And it sounds like it's got some really cool checklist features and it's got, uh, you can set, dates and remind me, right? Some of those. Does it have toast notifications in Windows? So will it remind you of things? Do you know where if things coming up, it'll pop in on the Windows and tell you? It will. Yeah. You just uh, would have to subscribe. You can subscribe to the board or subscribe to the actual task itself. But as long as you subscribe, you will get these notification. Hey, this is coming up or hey, this was past due. Um, so you have all the type of notifications as long as you subscribe. If you don't subscribe to the board or the task, then it'll just give you uh, a notification the day of, I believe, which is probably a little too late for certain tasks. So always subscribe to the board or the actual task that you're, that you want to be alerted on. Yeah. It's one of the drawbacks. You start working, you start doing these kinds of things. Let's like joining a Slack group. Yeah. And now I have three different Slack groups right. and then I've got six different Trello, bo Trello boards. Um, it, it, you know, it, it's one of those, you got to be careful with scope creep, right? It can get, you know, it can be, be overwhelming and there's nothing worse than creating something that's supposed to help you. And it becomes a greater burden. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Then, then that's so good. Well, I, I like, uh, that's a good reminder. I shouldn't maybe set something up publicly uh, for the, that'd be an easy way to get started as a public board where folks could come. And today that um, the schedule for podcasts that are coming up is, um, is in a Google doc mm -hmm. that I, that only I can see. And then I posted in the, um, uh, in the newsletter, uh, John Biggs had given me some advice and said, Hey, could you give us some little more detail on what people are going to talk about? That might be helpful. So I'll have to have to get that one added in. You know, it's amazing how many, you know this now that because you're doing this podcast planner, there are so many little details to kind of think about. Uh, this week I was changing, um, I had owned some of our feeds in, in, the, in the Apple Connect, Podcasters Connect, mm -hmm. that's what it's called, in Apple, who owns the podcast feeds. And I owned three of the Gallup ones wow. and I needed to get them shifted over to the Gallup, you know, email address. And you just, it's one more thing. It's like, oh, I created those another day. I forgot. I used my own ID, whatever. So one has to be really, really careful uh, how many, how much of this stuff that you take on and make sure that you're taking it on for organizational sake that maybe you're removing. Today, I was doing a podcast uh, at work at Gallup, and we were talking about this uh, Clifton Strengths theme of learner and oh, the, the guest who we had on there, Derek Jack, he said, I don't know, I don't just have a to-do list. I have a to-not-do list, 
which was kind of interesting to think like, I am definitely not going to do these things because we only have so much time, right? Did, did you find that out? Did you find as you started planning that you could do more or were you just getting, were you getting things done with better quality or maybe both? So I'm all about prioritizing and only focusing on what really matters. And I'm very, uh, when somebody suggests, hey, there's this new tool, hey, there's this new app. I'm very cautious of of not diving into it because of what you just said right now. Things can just complicate your whole process, especially when it comes to something like your podcast or your projects. When you start to throw so many things at it, then the tracking of it becomes really hard. And, oh, I forgot to do this later on. And and I don't, I like to be very minimal of sticking to the very minimum tools that help make the job. And uh, my focus is to spend more time with family or focus more on my health, not so much creating more work or creating another show. Uh, that's very tempting when you have a podcast that you want to start other shows. Um, but also at the same time is to to what extent do you do that and you start sacrificing you know, your health, you start sacrificing your time, quality time with people that you love and care about. So I just stick to the tools that really work and I keep it at a minimum. Uh, when I see a new hot tool or toy, I'm, especially microphones or recorders, uh, there's like this pre six, I don't know what it's called, pre six something. That looks pretty sweet, but do I need it? I don't need it. <laughs> yeah. And it's hard. Sometimes you find these tools and they do really, they are really great. And you're like, oh man, how did I ever live yeah. without this tool? Right. Yeah. Um, one of those tools that I use and you use as well, and it is kind of specific to podcasting, but if you're ever doing any kind of audio at all, any kind of spoken word that you're having other people listen to, uh, it, there's this tool called Auphonic, A-U-P-H-O-N-I-C. I got a chance to meet the developers at Podcast Movement, which is really cool. Um, and Auphonic is really a service that you can take pretty crappy audio, uh, mostly where the levels are bad. It might have some sound issues in it. And you upload it to their website. They have a tool you can download as well. M my favorite is to use their website, Addy. I don't know what yeah. you use, but That's I, I my just, favorite too. Yeah, yeah, I just like to upload it to their website and let their servers crunch it. And it does a lot of things, including level out all the sound. So if you're a Home Gadget Geek listener, of course you are, because you're listening to me right now. Uh, there's a hundred percent chance this audio has been processed that you're listening to right now by Auphonic. If you're listening live, that's not the case. But anything we do after we're done, I kick it out, push it into Audacity, pull the audio out as is, right? Audacity allows me to strip that out of the video and then drop it right into Auphonic. And Auphonic does all kinds of magic for me. I don't know about you. I leave it fairly standard. It's got a, it's got a, a noise level of 16 luffs that I think we're trying to kind of standard on as a podcasting platform. And it it, if it's somebody was really quiet, I had a problem. We had a guest here on Home Gadget Geeks, I don't know, a couple months ago, and it, they were really, really quiet. And that typically doesn't happen. And on Saturday, I got a complaint from a listener. And they're like, hey, normally your audio is really good. Right. <laughs> like, you know, is this enough said, right? Normally your audio is pretty good. <laughs> and I was like, oh, uh, let me go fix that. I dropped it into Auphonic. It fixed it for me. And then I replaced the file on on the server and we were done. Are you you running everything through it? Is it kind of the last step in your in your process? How are you using Auphonic? Well, I do my best to normalize everything on the back end. So I use uh, Audition. That's my DAW, my audio editor, and I do I I know fairly enough to make sure that the levels are a certain way, and I throw in some processing in the back end. But 
the thing is, I don't want, uh, again, I'm thinking about the podcaster experience. It's kind of like watching TV and you, you hear this awesome, you're watching the show, there's awesome sound. All of a sudden this commercial comes in and it's super loud and you're like, oh my gosh, what happened? Or it's the opposite. You can barely hear anything and it's just, you have to ride that volume up and down. That experience is horrible. So to ensure that I have the great experience for my audience, I run it through Alphonic. I don't put all of the bells and whistles on there because you have quite a few options to add to it. So if it if the audio is pretty bad, there's a lot of background background noise, that will actually help if you run it through Alphonic. Um, if the, like you said, the levelator. So if I'm talking really loud and Jim's talking very low, then that will fix that too. And then the LUFS is the standard audio so that if you listen in, listening to it in the car or on your cell phone, the levels are perfect. You don't have to keep writing that volume all the time. So I only... What I use Alphonic for is the ID3 tags, which I love because that's where I can do the timestamps where you can just click on, you know, two minute mark. This is where I talked about this. Um, and then I do I do uh, the Dropbox backup from there because once it processes through Alphonic, you can actually have it push to Dropbox. So you don't have to do that extra step on your end. So I, I find that very helpful. And then um, I think just the 16 LUFS option and that's it because everything else is leveled and I don't need to go and and because there's a thing that if you over process it, then the audio start, starts to sound weak. So I just do the 16 LUFS normalization and that's it. Everything gets ID3 tagged, time stamped and sent to Dropbox and that's when I know everything's done. Yet it's also, you can tie it to a Google API for translation, which is, I don't know if you've done that, but it, it will give you a transcript of any audio that you've put in there. Now, it's that 85% Google transcript, which is still pretty marginal. Um, but I keep thinking the more we use it, the better it will get. I just kind of keep thinking it's just going to keep getting better. So I've actually been pulling the transcript out again. This could be a work thing, too. If you are what we're doing at work, what we're doing at Gallup a lot is every single, you know, we might do a, a call. We might do a product update call and everybody who can make it can join us live and ask questions. But we record that call. Those kinds of calls are notorious for being awful. Like they're on a bad phone line. There's lots of different voices coming in. There's no quality you know, here on the Hangout, at least. Google is doing some attempt between you and I to level out the sound for us mm -hmm. uh, out to our audience. But, you know, you're using Skype for business or whatever you're using at work. Chances are it's on awful equipment. Um, Auphonic will help fix that. And, and I think that's one of those tools that if you're going to put that out to the rest of your company to listen to later, man, have somebody run that thing through Auphonic before yeah. it goes out to the rest of the company. I think I pay 11 bucks a month. I think that gets me like nine hours, something like that. Six, nine hours. It's enough to get all home gadget geeks done. And if I do any cyber frontiers, I can get those done as well. Um, and, and so it's just perfect for me. And I think it's not just a podcaster's tool. No. I think I, and I, Addy, don't you think that podcasts are going to start bleeding into more and more of a lot of the things we do? Like I mentioned, we're recording everything now at work and making it available for listening offline. Don't you think we're going to do more of that rather than less? 
Yeah, I think we are, especially when it comes from an educational standpoint. Schools are starting to jump more into podcasting because it's easy uh, all around on the professors, the teachers, the the students, um, and then have records of it one way or another. So if, if I was back in school today, going to college, having all these notes to take, I will bring out my phone or my digital recorder, just put it in a nice little spot where I can hear everything. And I would turn that into a podcast just for me to listen to so I can have that information just immersed in my in my memory. So when it comes to test time, I can really optimize that and and feel comfortable taking the test because I recorded the notes and I have that information within. So there's different ways that you can use audio, not just podcasting, and use a phonic to optimize that. And because especially if you put that in a classroom setting, you're going to hear some doors shut. You're going to hear people rumbling through their backpacks or something. So Alphonic is just an all-around tool that you can use. There's even a feature that you can add in their post-production from Alphonic, the intro and the outro. I don't know how well it blends in the music so it's not uh, too choppy, but I think it's it's good enough to get the person who has no idea what to do when it comes to putting some audio together. Just use Alphonic, say, here's the intro, smash it up with this body of audio, and then export it out to my computer and Dropbox. Um, the free plan is two hours. That's more than enough for me because, as you said earlier, my shows are seven, ten minutes long. So uh, every month it just resets and it's perfect for me. But if I'm doing clients, that's when I pay a little extra so that I can have uh, that cushion of 10 hours, 20 hours extra on the account. But two hours for free, I think, is a really great spot for anybody to start using Alphonic. Yeah, and actually make yourself look good to your boss. If you're yeah. in that scenario where you're getting a really bad call, just run it through the free version and uh, and say, hey, you know, I've got an improved. I did some edits, Tom. I did some edits, <laughs> and uh, it's much it's much better that way. Yeah, I can't I can't recommend it enough. It does some really cool stuff, and it's one of those services that's just priced right. They just got it for what you're getting and the time you're getting. They just you know sometimes it's too much and. Some services don't charge enough. And this is like, it's like the price of Plex Pass, which is five bucks. It's just at the right price. You don't, it doesn't squeeze me too much each month and I get great value out of it. So there you go. There's another audio tool. You have Audiogram Creator. I have never heard of that. What what are you talking about? What is what is Audiogram Creator? Okay, so social media, it's bombarded with all these pictures and these texts. And when it comes to podcasting, um, people know about podcasting, but I feel that along the other barrier to growing, there's always like, I want to grow my audience. How do I grow my audience? Well, how do people find out they even have a podcast that's for their interest? Well, social media, but how do you do that in a way that's going against all the noise that people are constantly looking at? Well, there's this cool way that you can have an image of, for this example, I'll just have the image of, uh, my podcast artwork. And then I can attach an audio piece to it, a little preview teaser saying, hey, this is what this episode's all about. Why don't you come check it out? Click the link in the bio or something like that. But this tool, Audiogram by Spearman, for free, kind of like Alphonic, you just say, here are my files. Do what you got to do to make it nice. And it creates a nice little visual for this static image so that when people are scrolling through their on their phone through any social media platform, they kind of get that little like, whoa, what was that? I just saw this little squiggly line go through this image. 
And then it entices you to listen to what, what, what they're saying on that clip. So those are called audiograms. You could see an example in my Instagram account. That's where I have a lot of them and also Twitter. You can see them on there too. And that's pretty much what an audiogram is, is just turning a static image to, to an audio and a nice visual to it with this little sound wave going through it. And there's different sound waves you can choose from. So I use, I can probably drop the link. And I think, I think Hanny is doing something like that in repurpose.io. Uh, that yeah. you can take the audio there and click a button and I think it will move it to YouTube for you and create that audiogram, right? Where it's the picture and the sound wave going across the bottom. So that's kind of a cool, I didn't have you, I, if you get any feedback on that from your listeners, I mean, is that something, do you think it's catching people's eyes and eyes or eye catching people's eye? And are they, are they clicking on it? What do you think? It has helped me a lot, especially on Instagram, Instagram. It's kind of a tough thing to crack when it comes to creating an audience, especially for podcasters. Uh, I think podcasters are primarily on Twitter and Facebook. I don't like Facebook, so I stay away from there as much as I can. And I'm trying to capture the passionate audience on Instagram, and it has helped so much. And not only does the podcaster get captured on there and they're starting to subscribe to the podcast, they'll also subscribe to the email list. And then they'll ask me, how did you create that? <laughs> so I kept getting that question time and time again. So I just created a little tutorial and shot it up there and said, here's how to make it. And now that's starting to help other podcasters. So I think anything that can help uh, just make your podcast look a little different from most, that's what's going to capture a new audience or the, the person that didn't know even had that podcast. Okay. And we'll put that link. It's not it's super intuitive to the link. So we'll have that link in the show notes so folks can pop over there and get it. Now, I, I got to call you out on a set, Maddie, because wait a minute, you took a month long vacation and you didn't use tech. Now you're telling me you don't like Facebook. You, <laughs> you need to turn in your millennial card. I'm, I'm just like, how can you even claim to be a millennial? You can't tell me more about this Facebook. Why are you? Why are you a hater? Why are you a Facebook hater? I feel like from from a friend's standpoint and an entertainment standpoint, it's just become bombarded with just opinions that probably aren't too healthy to consume anyways. And, and if it's not a, an unhealthy conversation that they're trying to have, it's also something that's not too relevant to you. Um, the only time that I do go in, in on Facebook is for Facebook groups when it comes to podcasting, because that's where I found some find some value. That's where some of my friends are hanging out. So I'll meet them there every once in a while, but it's not something I constantly check. So much so that I actually deleted Facebook off of my mobile devices because I it's taking too much room, takes a lot of the battery. The second Facebook was off my phone, my battery lasted way longer. And it was just so freeing to not have this because I'm, I'm really aware of how much what's being consumed by me consciously and unconsciously. So when it came to Facebook, I just looked at the whole platform and just said, I don't, I don't need to be so involved in Facebook as much as I, I, I would love to be on Instagram and Twitter. I, I find more value in those and they're not so bombarded with these negative discussions or, or content on there. So that's why I don't like Facebook and I'll check it like I told you earlier, I, I the thing is I don't check it too often, and that's probably something that I should do. Uh, have it a protocol to have it to have it checked at least once a day in my browser, but on my it's never coming back on my phone or my iPad. That's for sure. Wow, Addy, I don't even know you. How is that even <laughs> possible? 
that you can say such. No, I, it's again, it's probably one of those freeing things too. You're probably not in the norm. I mean, I would think uh, there are way it's hard today. We just moved our work groups. Uh, so at Gallup, I manage all these coaches uh, in, in social, in the social space. And we were using Yammer and that just closed. And we, for the last week, I've been moving them into Facebook groups and a good number of them were a little concerned, like, oh, I don't use Facebook. And I'm like, well, you don't have to come. I mean, it's, it's not compulsive. It's just, this is just a helpful space for you to be. If there's another way I can be helpful, oh, that's fine. But um, there were an equal number who said, yes, finally, like you're finally where I'm at. You know, it's these people who live on Facebook as well and have found a way to, you know, to kind of make it work for them. So it's funny. I, I, I got a whole bunch of feedback when we first started talking about this. And getting consensus among 500 people, that's not the easiest thing in the world to do. Everybody's going to have an opinion yeah. on one. But that's probably pretty healthy. Um, it is hard. Work. Uh, Facebook is my work. And yeah. uh, and I can't just shut it off. I've got to be out there and, and do it. So I have found some ways to cope. It's not always easy. You know, man, it, people make me mad on Facebook. <laughs> and they make me really happy. My son, who was in Japan, posted all his vacation pictures to Facebook. And so every day we'd wake up, of course, it's the other side of the world. So we'd wake up and we'd see his day yeah. from the day before. And it was just really cool. And so I really, I, that's the best part. I think for me, that's the best of Facebook, right? It's when you can yeah. uh, stay. I just taught this class in remote, it's called, it was calling, you know, remote workers. And, you know, there's some interesting stats. Gallup has some interesting stats around remote workers, but we actually, uh, I actually recommend Facebook as a way for workers to keep track of each other because when they're not seeing each other every day, sometimes Facebook can be where they can see those family, friends. What are they doing? Where are they going? It's not always reality. You know, I think people make themselves look a little bit better. And why wouldn't you, right? You have an opportunity. Nobody's going to, although there are people who share the bad things too. <laughs> you know? But it I is an opportunity. Go ahead. I think they do have good technology too. The other day that I was really wowed with was when we had a video uh, call just like this. It was just one-on-one. -on -one. I didn't know you can do that on Facebook. And that's really cool when it comes to family and friends that you, again, you're not seeing so often. So it, I'm not bashing Facebook entirely. It's just, it's not for me, but I am not ignoring it completely either. I do check it once in a while. And just recently, I was brainstorming how I can better use Facebook for Facebook Live for the Facebook group that I have for the podcast planners. There's a Facebook group there, um, but I haven't been so involved in it because I don't want to be so caught up in Facebook. And that's what I was brainstorming. How can I use Facebook Live to the best ability that's entertaining, informing for me and the the other end consuming it? Yeah. Yeah. Mike Murphy, I would call him the other day to thank him for the work he did on the t-shirt. And we were having, we were going to connect via Facebook, you know, the, the instant messenger and it's got video and audio like you and I connected and it wasn't working well for him. He goes, hold on, let me send you a link. Have you heard of a peer.in? Have you been out to that site? Right. Yeah. We connected like that. It was amazing. Like how easy and we just connected and it worked the first time. And it was great video and it was, I mean, it was one of those weird, you remember the days of Blab when, it, mm -hmm. you know, it was hard to get people connected. Even Hangouts can be a little interesting to get people right. connected to, but appear.in and, and my channel now is appear.in slash Jay Collison, if I'm going to use it. 
but um, you can have, you can make your own channels. It's free for the most part. You can buy plans if you want to for whatever reason. But uh, I just found that to be a really like if you're not tech savvy and if you're not working with people who are tech savvy, this appear so a p p e a r dot i n is what it is. Man, uh, pretty cool. I think, and I don't know. It's a product of. Uh, let's see. I thought it was maybe a log me in, um, which is now owned by Cisco. But it doesn't look like it. It looks like maybe they're their own company. I think so it's independent. Yeah, it must be. So you've tried appear.in before, and, and yeah, when it first came out, yeah, I, I, the audio wasn't too bad. Uh, you can save the rooms, like you just said. I can have appear.in slash podcast, and to eight people though, right? I think that's the limit. Eight is the limit that you can have. But you can have a group discussion. So the other alternative is zoom.us. But that's a paid service. So you can use easily use appear.in if you just want to have one-time conversation with eight friends. And it's just really it's really cool because you just send a link and that's it. Yeah. Super easy to connect to. A great way I was thinking, you know, if I could find a way to broadcast with this, this wouldn't because it's side by side, um, side by side video. Dave Jackson and I on Saturday mornings were always trying to get that side by side back. Uh, we we wanted a podcast in that. We'd have to use that. It doesn't have a broadcast service. So we'd have to run it through a broadcast of OBS or something along those lines. And I haven't been that excited about figuring out all that video stuff. I need, I know I need to do it, but I just have not been that excited about it, but cool little way to connect via video. It doesn't have to be Facebook. Doesn't have to be Skype. Doesn't have to be Hangouts. It could be a peer.in. And so you can give that, uh, if you haven't heard of that yet, go out and check it out. If you want to test it with me, just drop me a note, Jim at TheAverageGuy.tv. It would be fun to connect with you. And maybe you've never, you, maybe you're a lurker to this podcast. It's very possible. Uh, Addie, I probably have about 900 lurkers yeah. to this podcast, right? Folks who have been listening forever, but I've never, ever talked to them in person. Yeah. Uh, I'd love to talk to some of you in, in person if you want to get 15 or 20 or half an hour or whatever. Send me an email, jim at theaverageguy.tv. Maybe we can connect with appear.in, give it a try, and uh, and just do a conversation. Some some podcasters uh, make that a part of their Patreon thing. Uh, not that interested <laughs> in that. But uh, if you want to connect with me that way, it'd be a great way to get it done. Addy, uh, anything? We're, we're kind of running out of time, and we didn't cover everything. And that's okay, by the way. I'll have to have you back to talk about some more stuff. Um, I'm assuming you've moved most of your web presence to Squarespace. Are you are you a Squarespace girl? Have you left WordPress for good? Yeah, I have. Um, I With this podcast for the podcast planner, I wanted to use it as a guinea pig of doing everything opposite of what I'm used to because I was really comfortable with WordPress. I was really comfortable with Libsyn. I was really comfortable with all these tools that I have been told how to podcast. But I wanted to challenge myself and fill see what was what was I missing if I was missing anything at all. So I, I stepped away from WordPress, which was hosted on my end. It was hosted by Bluehost. So that was already a relief to be on a different server like Squarespace, where they have so many backups just to one website. If you want to talk to customer service, you can just have a quick chat within seconds and somebody's there to help you. You don't have to wait a couple days. And then if you get a hold of somebody, they're rude to you and they tell you the the problem is happening because you did it when it wasn't your fault. So 
not only that, Squarespace is literally drag and drop, and it makes things look really pretty, which is really, uh, I think, having a website needs to look really nice when it comes to the consumer or the person consuming your information, because we all have this judgment. It We judge books by their covers, whether we like it or not. Uh, and so having a nice website that's presentable, especially when there's a business backing it, you want things to look nice. You want them to function all the time. You want them to be easy to navigate through. Squarespace was so, so easy. I built it within for I the the moment I signed up, I built my whole website in less than two hours. And that was me being a little nitpicky on stuff. So I probably could have had it up and running within an hour, but I had I wanted certain things to look a certain way. So I had to play with this thing here and this thing there so that it appeared a certain way. But within an hour to have a full functioning website was just amazing. Whereas WordPress, you have you have to install this. And then if you wanted this feature, you have to install that plugin. If you wanted that feature, you have to install that plugin. And then there's some that you have to pay. And then to to have a backing up service to your website, that's a whole different service. To have customer service to, to a certain extent that is always reliable, that's a certain cost there. The hosting alone was a whole separate uh, if you wanted really strong hosting web service, you would have to go to something elite, spending 60, 50 bucks on hosting alone. Whereas Squarespace, $12 a month, and that's it. And I can get a personal account. I think it's for eight. I think the personal account rate is $8 a month. And you don't have to deal with all these other little extras. Whereas it's, it's funny because a lot of the times I've heard other podcast coaches say, well, WordPress is cheap. Just start with that. In the end, it's so much more money than what Squarespace gives you. You just drop $8 a month. That's it. WordPress, you have to get the theme. You have to get these plugins. You have to get the right hosting because if it crashes, you're screwed. <laughs> yeah. yeah, no, you're right. You're right. I, I'm, I'm, you know, the average guy.tv sits on WordPress. I'm okay with it. We, we find some ways to make that pretty economical. Here at the average guy.tv, we have the advantage. Listeners here have the advantage. We get some pretty good WordPress hosting from Christian who at $10, $10 a month gives you some pretty, that's both video and, or I mean, both um, web and, and media hosting, which is pretty good, but that's really for our community. You know, mm -hmm. we don't, that doesn't go too far out, but um, so I'm pretty happy with, with WordPress, but I think you're right, Addy. I think for someone who's just starting and you want a, a web presence somewhere, um, Squarespace may be an easy one to set up and you really never have to talk to anybody about it. Yeah, you, know, you can set it up online or chat with them or whatever, and it's pretty easy. It's been a while since I've used Squarespace. Your your site, the podcast planner, that's on Squarespace, right? Mm -hmm. Yes, that's all Squarespace, and yeah. even the store. Again, going back to WordPress, if I wanted to have that very same store, that's a whole other expense and a whole other all these plugins that can crash the whole thing down. Where again, I just pay that flat rate. $12 and it has the store. It has the certifications to ensure that whenever somebody uses their credit card on my web website, it's safe and I'm safe with their information. So all around, I just found the experience to be so peaceful <laughs> compared to Word, Word, WordPress. I think WordPress is good. It's still good. Don't get me wrong. But when it came to all the experiences that I have gone through, I... I see my. I don't see myself going back to WordPress for a great while unless they make some pretty big changes. Well, you're in. It's working, yeah. right? Yeah. 
yeah. go with what works. You know, there <clears throat> there doesn't need to be a holy war between Squarespace and WordPress. Yeah. Can, they both can, depending on what you were going to do, if you were thinking of setting up a website, you should try both. I, I think there's yeah. um, there's great ways to do it. You can do even WordPress.com, which is free, uh, or you can pay to have ads removed and some of those other kinds of things. So um, whatever works for you, I think that's a good discussion. Beyond podcasting, lots of folks wanting to set up their own site. I do think, <clears throat> beyond a shadow of a doubt, Squarespace is the easiest place to set up a store. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, I just, I think it's pretty, 12, you said 12 a month. So 20 gets you a site and a store. Is that about right? No, well, I think $8 is just if you want to blog, you don't want to sell anything, and you don't need the unlimited pages. I wanted something that had unlimited pages, and I wanted a business uh store connected to it everything that comes with that the shipping you know processing the credit card information the inventory uh software that's in there that is when i changed over to the 12 dollar plan oh not 12 more no it's just 12 dollars. yeah that's it but if i was doing a personal blog totally just eight dollars that's it i don't have to worry about it and they literally have about six to seven servers backing up just that one website yeah yeah. yeah. Well, it's awesome. Uh, from, from that standpoint, I think to get a store for, for $4 for $4 more yeah. is a pretty good deal. Uh, stores are hard. Uh, I don't know if people realize how difficult it is to do a store until you've tried to do one. And there's, there's kind of, there's other ways to do it, you know, through eBay and some of those other services, even Amazon has, it's, you, you can kind of do your own store. But um, I have liked what I've seen with Squarespace. Every time somebody asks me, hey, where should I go to do a website? And then I'm like, well, what do you want to do? And like, I want to sell something. I like, go to Squarespace. Yeah. It's just, it's it's super, I I think you would agree, really easy to get a pretty basic store set up and working pretty fast. Yeah. Consulting, actual products, t-shirts, it's very easy. Uh, a lot of people are doing crafty things these days. I have a friend who makes, uh, puts lasering on pieces of wood or glass and it's so amazing. And she uses Etsy for the crowd that's already captivated on there. But I was telling her it'd be really, it would be really awesome for her to have her own store to take them out of that too and give them more options and have more piece of the pie. But uh, it's definitely Squarespace is just really easy to use when you need any type of storefront or just want to make it easy instead of always using PayPal. Like here, here's the link to this pay page. Just send them to your Squarespace site and it has all these options for you. And then you in the back end plug in the various ways yeah. for them to to be able to do that. Yeah. They I think Squarespace got that part right. And yeah. um, I don't think they advertise that enough. I, I, no, would, I don't think so either. It's a pretty good for twelve bucks a month, you can get a pretty good site set up in a store going. And for most people, I think it's pretty awesome. So good. Well, I think some Addy, thank you. Some great tools tonight some great productivity tools when we think of uh, the various things that we covered from, you know, from Squarespace to Auphonic to Trello, um, you know, Hey, good luck with your, your podcast planner. It's going well for you. you. Are you happy with, I mean, you're taking a big risk. You, a product you've designed reaching a very, very niche audience, right? I mean, when we talk about podcasters, are you happy with where it's at so far? I'm very happy. It's getting, uh, you know, everything takes uh, its time to, accelerate and gain a certain traction it, it, it within the less than a year it has grown a lot so i'm really happy from where it's at when it started i think it launched mid-january 
to October. I'm really amazed the traction it's getting with podcasters and those that are interested in podcasting. And then entities like schools are starting to get interested in in the product. So it's it's really been fun. Does um, Squarespace? Emily's asking if Squarespace has an affiliate program. Do they? Do they take? Do, oh, I wish they uh, did. Okay. <laughs> well, that's all right. Sometimes we just say nice things about services <laughs> because they do pretty well for us. So, yeah. well, really cool. Well, um, I was excited when I uh, touched base with you again at at, um, at Podcast Movement, and we got a chance to catch up on the work that you're doing with Podcast Planner. And I think a very helpful tool for a lot of podcasters who are not only just getting started, but are maybe midway through and kind of wondering, you know, there's 60 shows in and they're like, hey, what's next? Like, what do, what do I do next? And maybe some of them don't need to have next shows, but some of them do. Right. There's some great um, there's some great things for them to do in here uh, to do out there. And, and I think you've got some great material for them. I have really enjoyed listening to your podcast again. They're they're very, very short. Go to thepodcastplanner.com. All the links are available out there if you want to get subscribed to it. Six minutes, give them a shot. Give it, give Addy a shot and just see if you like it. They're very well done. Not, unlike this show, they're very well done. So, Addy, nice nice job on the show. I love this show. And I always like coming on the show, too, because the chat room is always, is always lively. They're very generous. And Emily, thank you so much for coming out. And Kevin, uh, I don't know who the... What is that, Pete? Yeah, is that's that Pete. Pete. PDD was out earlier. Yep, yep, yep. Pete, Lopta, Tony, Ken. Yeah, no, it's a, it's the. I, I think it's the best chat yeah. room in the world. I, I really yeah. do. It's super manageable and they're super knowledgeable. And these guys come out every week, and so we appreciate you. I'm doing that. Addy, hang tight for me one second. Let me let me wrap okay. things up, and then we will uh, we'll stay around for a little bit of post show. Uh, remind everyone, don't forget t-shirts coming out. Sign up for the newsletter. Go to theaverageguy.tv slash newsletter to get signed up. There's also links all around the site to get signed up for it. So. The first link to the t-shirts, Lopto was asking me what colors do we, did we, you're going to pick some colors, right? Do you have some off the top? You had, you had a blue and a black and a gray, right? Pretty standard colors, don't you think? Yeah, the standard colors, black, uh, dark, uh, there's going to be a darker gray, they call it Heather, and then there's going to be a blue. Uh, the other ones, I'm not too, too sure, but okay. there'll be two other special colors. Five colors on the t-shirts. Get signed up for the newsletter, theaverageguy.tv slash newsletter. If you want to contact me, Jim, at the, like I, I threw it out. I've never done that, by the way. If you want to just have a chat with me, we'll, we'll do a peer.in, A-P-P-E-A-R dot I-N. We'll do a little chat on a peer.in, and uh, it'll be fun to get together with you. Send me an email, jim at theaverageguy.tv. Love to hear from you, and I just love to chat with some of you. I kind of hear your stories, and maybe some of you are aspiring podcasters. I am to that point where... Addy, we've done 332 of these. Maybe it's time for some new blood in here. And uh, and I bet in the audience there's a few few guys and gals who could jump on the show and uh, be a part of what we're doing. One of the things I've been thinking about, uh, and actually this was a, a recommendation from, from one of the listeners, uh, we need to do an old school tech, like once a quarter, like somebody comes in and we back, you know, like Dave says, back in the day, you know, we need to have that kind of show where we we highlight some old technology. I've talked about this several times. We haven't got it pulled off, but maybe you've got an idea for that and you want to chat with me on it. Send me an email, jim at theaverageguy.tv. Don't forget the AverageGuy.tv home uh, platform, both web and media hosting provided by Maple Grove Partners. Get secure, reliable, high-speed hosting from people that you know and you trust. For more information, visit maplegrovepartners.com. Of course, you know that's Christian, and uh, he's doing a bang-up job there at Amazon. We appreciate the work uh, that he does here on the network. Actually, some stuff went in this week 
And uh, so, Christian, thanks for all that you do. Appreciate it as well. Don't forget Home Gadget Geeks. Also, the the mobile apps now, Android and iPhone. You know how to get them. HomeGadgetGeeks.com, sponsored by LastPass. They're coming on here in two weeks. Can't wait to see them. Hey, next week, uh, no, two weeks from now, I should look at the schedule here before I just start shooting off at the mouth about what's what's coming up. But uh, we've got Amber. I said two weeks, but actually Amber is on next week. I can't believe that's the second already. So Amber's here from LastPass next week. Dave McCabe, Keith Lunsford, and Mike Weger are back the week after that. And we are going to do all drones, the whole show, just drones. So if you want to join us for that coming up on the 9th, we've got some great stuff uh, coming up for you. So so stay around. We are live every Thursday, 8 p.m. Central, 9 Eastern, except Thanksgiving, which is coming up, by the way. Here in the United States, we have this crazy Thursday holiday. Whoever picked Thursday is a high, a guaranteed a four-day weekend, I guess. I, I, I never did. No, Sarah's shaking her head. No. Doesn't guarantee a four-day weekend. I think she's going to have to work on Friday. Whoever picked Thursday for Thanksgiving, like, what were you thinking? That should have been on a Friday, for God's sakes. But th- uh, Thanksgiving's coming up, at least here in the United States. Even if you're not in the United States, you should just consider it a holiday. Just take it off. Say, they're partying in the U.S. We're thankful, too. Just take the day off. I'm sure your boss will understand. But we are out here every Thursday, 8 p.m. Central and Eastern, out here at the Live. We're right up at the hour 20-minute mark. With that, we'll say goodbye, everybody.